you know, I love this and I hate this. You're trying to figure out, you don't want to mess up what God's doing. I, I, it feels good to go to a place when God shows up, don't it? G grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles. I'm not going to do the whole thing and, and, and I'm just going to do what I feel like God, God wants us to do. It might have been what I should have done the first two, I don't know. By the third one, you're bound to get something right, amen? <laughs> Luke chapter number 12. Luke chapter number 12. We, you know we've been in, in the missions emphasis all month. All month. I, I've, I've prayed about what God would have me to preach. And, and you know, I, there was something else I wanted to do. I wanted to, to preach a message on, on running out of time. We're truly, we're truly running out of time. Jesus is coming. He's coming. Whatever we do, we need to get it done. Amen. But God has just kind of led a different, a different path. And I want to, I want to just share with you just a, just a few minutes of what uh, God has for us today. How, how many of y'all love the Lord? Amen. Isn't he worthy? I mean, I mean, doesn't, doesn't he deserve our affection? Doesn't he deserve our very best? Doesn't he deserve our love? Oh, mercy. Here in, in, in chapter 12, verse 13, Luke 12, in verse 13, it says, And one of the company said unto him, Jesus is speaking, the crowd's so big, they're just stepping all over each other, according to the first part of the chapter. And, and he, he is confronted by a man who's, who's got a problem. Him and his brother disputing an inheritance and arguing over an inheritance. And he said, he said, Jesus, will you make my brother give me what, what I deserve? He says, speaking to my brother, that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? He said, that's not what I come for. I, I, I didn't come to settle domestic disputes. He said, he said, and not only that, I see a bigger problem. When he says you, a divider over you, the word you there is plural. And he spoke unto them. He's speaking to both. He says, listen, the problem is not the inheritance and who's getting what. The problem is a heart problem. He says, take heed. Beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable. And he said, let me tell you a story. The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. I, have, I just got too much stuff. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say unto my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Let's just have a good time. I've worked hard. I've earned this. I've done, I've done all this. Let's just kick back and enjoy life. But God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he. Here's the principle, verse 21. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Say that last sentence with me. And is. I want to ask you a question this morning. Are you rich toward God? 
I'm not asking you what you have in the bank or what you have in your investments or what even you have in your pocket because it's irrelevant. Are you rich toward God? Father, thank you for your blessings and your mercy and your grace. Thank you for your presence. I'm so glad I go to a place that you show up on a regular basis. And Father, I pray that you'll speak through this word. I, I don't know what all you want me to say or what you don't want me to say. Just let me stop when I'm supposed to. God, I pray that your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. He said, so is he that layeth not up treasure toward God. Lay your treasures up in heaven, the Bible says. Be rich toward God. I, I want to I wanna give you just three principles this, this morning, and, and, and maybe uh, we'll close there uh, and find out exactly what God has for us. There are some principles we need to understand about life if we're going to get the best out of life and, and if, if we're going to be obedient to the Lord and, and, and really uh, get the goody out of life. I, I don't want to be shafted with nothing. How about y'all? Are y'all with me? When I, go to, when I go to McDonald's and I, I get my fry, I, I don't want that thing to be three-quarters full. Are y'all with me? I want everything that I paid for. Amen. I want every fry. I want it out of the bag. I want everything. Don't, don't shaft me with nothing. You know what? We should be that way with life. And you know how we can do that? You know how we can get the best and the most out of life? Understand these principles. What principle? Number one, the principle of ownership ownership. Tell, say that with me. The principle of ownership. You, what do you mean? Psalms 24 verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this creation belongs to God. He is the owner. He is the owner of the sun. He is the owner of the grass. He is the owner of the trees. He's the owner of a cattle on a thousand hills. He's the owner of the grass they eat. He's the owner of the hills they stand on. He's the owner of the farmer who thinks he owns the cattle. Say amen. amen. Everything and everybody, all of creation belongs to God. He is the owner. You say, well, preacher, uh, that, that, let, let me even go beyond that. Let's go to the New Testament. The Bible says in Romans chapter 14, verse number 7, For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. We're to live for him. We're to die for him. Everything about our lives is centered around him being our owner. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. You don't own yourself. You, you are not the boss. For ye are bought with a... Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are 
God's. What are you saying? I'm saying you belong to God. The Lord is the owner. He's not just the owner because he made you. He's not just the owner because he spoke this world into existence. He dug into the dust of this ground and formed man and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and he became a living soul. He's not just the owner because he created you. He made you. He's the potter. We're the clay. He's the owner because he saved you. He paid the redemption price. You're twice his. Say amen. amen. He's the owner. He's the owner, regardless of what you think. He's the owner. He's the owner of your clothes. He's the owner of your car. He's the owner of your house. He's the owner of your children. Amen. The hardest thing I ever did in my life was to watch my daughter go and do what God called her to do. But I had to understand she belongs to God. You say, well, what are you then? I'm a steward. You see, there's the ownership principle, but then there is the stewardship principle. Write that down. The stewardship principle. God has given me children for a short-term period upon this earth, and I am to do and be a good steward of my children and turn them back over to him. Amen. We're stewards. What is a steward? A steward is one who manages the assets of another. Are y'all with me? Say amen. In other words, we're stewards, we're stewards over this earth. We are stewards over all the resources that we have. We are stewards of the life that God has given us. We are stewards. The Bible gives an illustration, Matthew 25, verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, to another, and to another one. Every man according to his several ability and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained another two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and, and everybody, and, and reckoneth with them. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, whether you believe it or not, there is going to be a day of reckoning. Amen. You see, God has illustrated it this way. He is the master. He is the owner. He has given everybody stuff. He has given everybody resources. He has given everybody time, talent, and treasure. He has given everybody these things, and one day there's going to be a reckoning. He, listen, here, here's the deal. Uh, uh, let's use talent for an example. Miss Trina can sing like a mockingbird. Say amen right there. She hits some of them notes, and I'm just telling you, there's God bumps that jump up on the back of my neck. A hog could bite. Are y'all with me? I'm telling you what, that tickles me to death. It is, it, she's one of my favorite singers of all time. It is awesome what she does. But you know what? She will give a reckoning for the talent she has and how she uses it for God. I'm so glad, I'm so glad that she has chosen in her life to stand on a platform and glorify God with everything that God has given her. There's so many other places and so many other things in this world that she could be using it, but she's glorifying God. Say amen. amen. These guys on the musicians, the choir singers, all of them, listen, all of them singing for the glory of God. They will give a reckoning for their talents and what God gave them. Listen, people that can make money. 
There are people that, have you ever noticed those people, no matter what they touch, it works? And it goes and it blesses. I, I don't care. They could sell it and, 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 and there'll be five people in line to try to buy it. And I, listen, my, my, the problem with my economics and my finances is I buy high and sell low. I don't know if you understand, but that's not the way it's supposed to go. Amen. But there are people that God has given the ability. It's, it's biblical, y'all. It's biblical. God has given the ability to do these things. And you know what? God will reckon with them one day how they use the ability that God gave them. There's a day of reckoning coming. And we are stewards of what God has given us. And everybody's saying, when we, when we use that word stewardship, we always talk about money and we always think about money. But guess what? God, you are a steward of the time you have. God said, I gave, you, I gave you 50 years on this earth, or I gave you 20 years on this earth, or I gave you 70 years on this earth. What did you do for me? What did you do for me? Thirdly, there's an investment principle. There's an investment principle. Look what it says. If he's the owner, we're the steward of everything, even the air that we breathe. So how do you know the air that we breathe? Because the Bible says, when he spoke to that rich man, he said, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. I looked up that word required. It means demanded back. Everything God's given you, all your life, all your resources, all your talent, time, and treasures, everything about your life, God's going to ask back one day. Just like this merchant, just like this master, when he gave out the talents, he came back and gave a reckoning. He said, I want back what's mine. And we'll all stand before God. Now, then he speaks of investing. In this story, in this story, he accuses the rich man of only laying up treasures for himself. Now watch what the Bible says in Matthew 6, verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. Isn't it amazing that you can, you can have a brand new car and that booger will rust on you? It will. There's nothing like, there's nothing like a, a new car and a new car smell. Say amen. They have patented and put the new car smell in a can. You can have a rust bucket and have a new car smell. But it's still going to break down. It's still going to fall apart. Do you know there's in junkyards, in the middle of junkyard, a 67 Chevelle SS 396, four on the floor, bucket seats. I need a witness right there. I'm preaching now. Amen. You know, one day it was sitting on a showroom floor, slick as glass, pretty as a speckled puppy. But look at it now. Your house can be brand new. And can rot to the ground. Everything on this planet is dying. Is dying. Is cursed. And God said don't store up so much stuff on a dying planet. Don't store up so much stuff that's going to rust and rot away anyway. He said but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt. And where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your. Now watch this. Let me let me show you a little picture. I tell you about this third service. They're quick with my my picture now. Amen. I threatened them with a BB gun in the last service. They're getting with it now. Amen. 
See this timeline? Got two, two lines right here. Read this with me. Say it again. See how short that is? I saw a sticker the other day or a t-shirt one. I don't remember, but it said, it's not that life is so short, it's you're dead so long. Now, let's, let's spiritualize that because that's the way lost people think. That's the, way, that's the way unbelievers think. They think when you die, it's all over. There's nothing after that. But we know that's not the truth. Amen? We know you're going to live forever somewhere in eternity. You're going to live in heaven or you're going to live in hell. Now, look at, look at this picture. Look at this picture. Here on life, we've got, an average, we've got an average of about 70 years, according to the Bible, 70 years. You're over 70. You're on, you're on blessed time. You've got added. You're in overtime. Say amen. God, that's what God says. That's what the Bible says. We're here in this blessed area. Now think about this. Let's just say it was 100 years. 100 years. Let's say you were 150 years old. Look, compared to eternity, look. And you know what we're doing? Our total focus, our total effort, all of our investments, all that we do, is centered between these two lines. And you know what God said? He said, rich man, you spent your whole life in, the, in those two lines. But one day you're going to step off in eternity. And you're not rich toward God. In other words, sir, there is nothing on the other side of the line. Lay up, he says. Lay up means to place in reserve, to deposit, if you will. What is God saying? He's saying, in the time that you spend right here, which is very short, very temporary, what is your life? It is even a vapor. It is here for a short time. Then it vanisheth away. I use the illustration when you're in the shower and you see on the mirror this vapor on the mirror. It's there for just a short period of time. Boom, and then it's gone. You know what? That's what God says this time right here. Between this line and this line is just a vapor. And then we have all eternity. He is saying, lay up, put over here. Let's put in deposit. Let's put in reserve. Let's put treasures over here so they will be there when you get there. You know what King Tut learned? King Tut tried to take his golden chariots. King Tut tried to take the golden coffin. He tried to fill his tomb with riches. He tried to fill his tomb with gold and precious stones and all that. And you know what he found out? Naked came he into this world, and naked he returned. The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He found out that what we have here on this earth, if all we ever do is invest and put here on this side, we'll find that other side empty with nothing. Preacher, what are you saying? There was, there, was, there was just a couple things that we learned from this story. First, there was ultra selfishness. He said, I, 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 my, 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 my. Eleven personal pronouns. Nowhere do we see who, who needs my help. Nowhere did he say, what does God want me to do with this? Nowhere do we see his effort or his focus on others. It was a total selfish action. And because of that, he wasn't rich toward God. Not only do we see selfishness, not only do we see selfishness, but we see a total disregard. A disregard. You say, preacher, disregard of what? God's ownership. He said, I will bestow my goods 
I will put my stuff, my barns. You know what he failed to realize? It wasn't his. It wasn't his. And so many Christians struggle with that today. They struggle with the idea that God is the owner of everything. Well, and you know, who's the, you know who the hardest is to convince this? Someone who started from scratch with nothing and have built up an inheritance or built up a business or built up a corporation or whatever that might be. You cannot teach them and help them. It's so hard to, for them to understand everything you got to God. I did this. But you don't understand God gave you the opportunity. God gave you, listen, the wisdom to do what you do. God gave you the air to breathe. God gave you health in your body. And ladies and gentlemen, whether you know this or not, he can take it back at any time. He's the only, hey, I'm proud. I'm proud of business people, men and women who started with nothing. And I love, I love watching documentaries and, and success stories. I love that because we live in the greatest country in the world where you can take nothing and make something. Listen, this land is truly a land of opportunity. And I love seeing those stories and how that happened. But ladies and gentlemen, I promise you this, God is still the owner. Then we see the last thing. Not only do we see selfishness, not only do we see uh, 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 disregard, but we see presumption. Presumption. You say, what's the point? God showed me two things. Two things in these verses. Look in verse 18. Look in verse 18. What's the first three words? Okay. Uh, let's try that again. If you don't have a Bible, it's up on the screen. First three words. Say it again. Now look at verse 20 in your Bible. Look at verse 20 in your Bible. First three words. He said, but God said. And he said, but God said. Well, what did he say? He said, man, I've got goods for years. Look what he says. Look what he says. Verse 19, I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Let's kick back, have a good time. I work hard for this. I've got enough stuff for years. He was only half right. Yes, he had stuff for years, but he didn't have years. Because God said tonight, thou fool. That's strong language. You fool. Tonight thy soul shall be required of thee. The Bible says, boast not thyself of the morrow. We don't have no idea what's going to take place tomorrow. We can presume that we're going to have this and, 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 and everybody says, well, I'm going to get this and I'm going to purchase that and I'm going to buy this and I'm, hey, we're just going to, you may die tonight. Do you realize life cannot be bought? Rich people die. Young people die. You go to a graveyard. Death is no respecter of persons. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. 
If we can put my, my picture back up there. We spend all of our life right here and live our life like this is all we're going to live and never invest on the other side of the line and never lay up treasures in heaven. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm, I'm, I'm asking you today. Today will be an invitation. I want to invite you to invest in heaven. I want to invite you to do this, not just monetarily. Brother Doss is out there in the foyer. I want you to stop and talk to him. I want you to start doing things. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Don't get, don't, right here. <laughs> we think the sermon's over, so we go to scatter and think about what's for, no, no, focus. This is the most important part. We're to offer the sacrifice of praise. The Bible says that, that we are to offer our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable Preacher, what are you saying? I'm wanting you to start praising. I'm wanting you to start offering the, the sacrifice of praise. I want you to start worshiping so you can put something on the other side of the line. Whatever you sacrifice and its worship goes on the other side of the line. Some of y'all see people that worship a little different than you, maybe a little more out there than you, maybe more louder than you, maybe more animated than you, maybe more dramatic than you, maybe more weepy or, or emotional than you. Hey, don't say nothing to them because you don't know what their worship costs them. There were people at this altar weeping and broken, and I know what it costs them on both sides of this, so, so be careful. All for the sacrifice of praise. And then offer your bodies as servants unto him. Get involved in ministry. Get involved in serving others so we can get on the other side of the line. Then Paul talked about monetary sacrifice, the offerings that they were given for the ministry of the work of the Lord. Say, preacher, I've got this and I've got that, but what do you have over there? What do you have over there? I want you to take your envelope. And I want you to pray. We're going to, I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Just hold the envelope in your hand. Hold the envelope in your hand. We, we're like way over time, but this is so important. You got to get this. What will you do for God right now? What will you put in this envelope? And, and, and listen, this is, made, this is made where you can say, Preacher, I don't have nothing right now. Well, you can do it little by little, week by week. And it'll go straight to missions. Straight to getting the gospel to every creature, to get to the unreached. I want you to pray right now, God, what do you want me to put on the other side of the line right now? What do you want me to invest in heaven right now? I want to lay up treasures in heaven. What do you want me to do for you, for the glory of God? We're going to do our, our, our missions offering and our invitation all in the same song. So if our altar workers will come, our ushers will come, we're going to pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we ask you right now to help us to focus on you. Help us not to be selfish. Help us not to be presumptuous and to think that we've got all the time in the world. Help us not to be so arrogant, not to think that there's not going to be a reckoning one day for all of our resources, all of our time, all of our talents, everything that we do. All that you've given us, all the supply, all of the blessings, all of the abundance you have given to our country. 
where much is given, much is required. One day we're all going to stand before God and give a reckoning. Well, God, today I pray that you will speak to our hearts and what you would have us to do. What you want us to do, not only in the, the financial offering, but in the offering of our bodies to your service. Lord, what do you want us to do in the mission field? What do you want us to do here in our community? What do you want us to do in this church? How do you want us to get involved? And God, we're going to worship you. We're going to praise you this morning, even though we're broken. We're going to praise you even though we're hurting. We're going to lift our voices to you in this, this invitation song, even though, Lord, we've been going through hell itself this week. God, we're going to offer the sacrifice of praise. We're going to worship you even when we don't feel like it. Even when we don't think we can, God, we're going to offer the sacrifice of praise. And God, we're going to give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people saying, let's stand to our feet. This is the invitation. Please give as God has spoken. I have what you need, but you keep on searching. If you need to come for any reason, if you need to come to be saved, we've got people at this altar. Be glad to take a Bible and show you how to be saved. If you need prayer, if you need encouragement, if you need to join up, won't you come as we see? Just come to the well. You can spend your whole life chasing what's missing, but an empty inside, it just ain't gonna listen. When nothing can satisfy and the world leaves you high and dry, 